Hey guys, it's Real Talk with Nina. I'm Nina and shit is about to get real. Today I have Dr. Joe Court and funny but not so funny story. We had recorded over an hour of content a few months ago and the entire recording got lost. So I had to go back to Dr. Joe with my tail between my legs and ask him to re-record. And he was amazing and obliged immediately. And I am so excited to have him on. We're gonna be discussing the term heteroflexibility and he is just incredible in the way he explains it, especially in men. And we'll talk about mixed orientation marriages and relationships. And we'll talk about just the entire orientation spectrum. And it is just fascinating. I am absolutely obsessed with the topic. And Dr. Joe is just the cutest damn thing ever. I love his Instagram content. You have to check him out. I'll put all of the information in the description of this episode. I will bring him on and he will tell you all about all the amazing things he does on a regular basis for other human beings. And we're going to catch a glimpse into the reality of the spectrum of sexual orientation and attraction and eroticism. And it's just freaking awesome. So I'm going to bring him on now. Hi, Dr. Joe. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. I just explained the... Um, the minor debacle we had a few months ago when I tried to retrieve this file and it it failed. Um, and just how appreciative I am that you came on. I know you're insanely busy. Your practice has always been busy, but it looks like it has skyrocketed since it's become your main focus. You're way more active on social media. Your reels are hysterical. I watch all of them. Thank um, you. Absolutely. And I just, I just love your presence and I love the stuff that you talk about. And I love how you push the envelope and start the uncomfortable conversations because they need to be had. So just explain exactly, you know, as far as I know, you're a licensed therapist, you have your PhD, you're just all into the, I see your reels on narcissism and heteroflexibility and all these amazing things. So tell, tell us a little bit about you. Um, yeah, so I've been a therapist in May. It'll be almost 37 years. I was 22 when I got my uh, MSW, and I was like, um, so green and so young. I think that that kid should never been in front of clients, but I was, <laughs> you know. Um, I was thinking I you grown... said you said 37 years. I'm like, so you obviously started when you were like 15. Yeah, no, what 22, <laughs> right? So I'm like 59 almost. And uh, you know, I, and you stay in this field long enough, and things change, like. I was always interested in LGBT. We didn't call it LGBT back then. It was just gay and lesbian, right? Now, and then it turned into just male sexual trauma and male sexuality. And then I didn't really have any sex therapy training. So I was a sex addiction therapist. Uh, I felt I fell into that because in the 80s, everything was about addiction mm -hmm. and sex addiction became popular back then. And I um, rode that wave think because personally, being gay, I was... Um, it was hard back then. HIV and AIDS was a big deal. We didn't have any treatments. People were dying all over the place. But I also was kinky. And my kink was uncomfortable for me. Yeah. So I was okay being gay more than I was being kinky. So I put kink under sex addiction for 20 years and became a sex addiction therapist until I learned how to um, understand sex therapy and sexual health. And then I was like, Sex addiction doesn't make any sense to me anymore because you don't learn about healthy sexuality or any anything about sex. You only learn about addiction and trauma, which I had thought I had both. But it turns out I did have trauma. I was sexually abused, so that was part of it. But um, uh, I, the, this wasn't an addiction. It was my kinky self. 
that that's fascinating. I I don't think we talked about that the first time we recorded. So I think there's a reason why that that happened, why I lost the file, because I hear so often people approach me with sex questions from some sort of a, a disordered mindset. Like, hey, I was wondering if this is normal. Is it okay if I X, Y, Z? Or is it a problem if I, but it's never they never come to me with like, I love masturbating five times a day. It's amazing. Never, yeah, right, never. Right. right. And let's face it. Masturbating five times a day is, is amazing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. But, right. But they're, they're the mindset around anything sexual is it's a problem. If it's not man and woman, if it's not penetrative, if it's not vanilla missionary, then somehow you are messed up and you need help, let alone yes. fantasies. Forget yes. fantasies. That's a whole, people feel guilty about thinking about things. So it it breaks my heart. And I understand it all at the same time that you in such a healthy way, have this fun kink and being gay and saw either or any of those or both of those as as an addiction or a problem, yeah, right, yeah. like that. And I and I know obviously you're not the only person that feels that way. So so that sparked your interest in in the sex therapy route. Yeah. Well, so I um, well, I mean, I think what happened was I, I would get people healed around uh, sexual abuse, sexual trauma, uh, compulsive sexuality, but then then we're like, okay, so what's healthy for them? What sexual health look like for them? And I didn't know, and they didn't know, and. So I then felt like I should get some sex therapy training and information. And it was then that I started to go, wait, this is way more complicated, way more nuanced. And, and many people who have kinks and fetishes are, or are in any kind of a swinging lifestyle or non-monogamy or whatever, we are now starting to look at it as its own orientation. So mm -hmm. you have a sexual orientation to whom you're attracted and you have an erotic orientation, what gets you off, what turns you on. And they don't have to match up. You may be somebody who is a gay activist during the day, but at night you want to be treated like a faggot. Uh, yeah. you, know, or be, uh, you might be a, a, a woman's activist during the day, anti-rape, but in, at night you want to play rape or play non-consent. So that they, it's, and so there was no room for that in the sex addiction community. And every time I brought it up, people were saying I was provocative. And it is provocative, but I'm not trying to be provocative. I'm trying to just understand it. You know? Right. Right. Like I, I get often the, um, is what turns me on, you know, whether it's in porn or erotica or pictures, but it doesn't match what I want to do in real life. And what does that mean? You know, it's this, it, people have, um, there's a, a lack of, of education and understanding that you might watch BDSM porn or water sports or orgy or gay or trans porn. And that helps you get off, right? And during the day, you're, you know, straight white guy married to a woman, corporate executive, and don't want yep. any of it in real life. And I think that isn't talked about. So uh, there's a lot of guilt and shame and this mass confusion over what I always say I have two brains. And I'm sure you'll be able <laughs> to explain this much better because I am not as clinically and, uh, you know, therapy wise as, as educated as you are. Um, but I say there's two brains. There's like my, my horny brain and my orgasm brain, and they're two very different things. Right? I like that. 
Yeah. So, so I can be turned on very easily by, by super vanilla things, by super kinky things, by like almost anything, you know, it's easier for me to tell people what, what doesn't turn me on, but in order for me to actually have an orgasm, my head has to go to a very different level, very different level. Um, so I can see, for example, a, a guy and a girl having sex in like on, in porn. I'm like, that's really hot, you know, but I don't, I don't remember the last time I got off to straight vanilla porn. Like I, I think it's, yeah, that's hot. Great. I mean, for the most part, <laughs> but that is like, not, I need something way more out there than just, I mean, first of all, it's my reality, right? Like I have sex with a man, right? So like, yes. that's not, it's hardly fantasy. So I think that there's this like orgasm mindset and there's like a turned on mindset for me. Um, yeah. And they're, they're, they're pretty different. <laughs> well, I always joke about this. You know, we're in an altered state when we have our orgasm brain, like you mm. call it, right? So, <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna, it's not really, <laughs> this is what I always say. You can't eat ass and eat a hamburger at the same time. It's not good, right? You're like, when you're eating ass, you're in an altered state, but the hamburger, you know what I mean? If you're just having an hamburger and somebody puts their ass, you have to like be turned on. So right. it's like that, right? Those are the two brains, right? Yeah, it's the hamburger and the ass eating brain. I think I think we've established a new <laughs> a new clinical explanation for this. <laughs> you have ass eating and you have eating hamburger. Two very different things, you know, right. or, or um, uh, Justin Lay Miller talks about the disgust response, you know, and and how you know, the, and there's tons of memes out there about this anyway. But it's like you know the four stages of masturbation, and it's I think they usually use like Pikachu as the actual image, but it's like the beginning stage of watching porn. It's like pretty like chill, and then you you get off, and Pikachu has this like crazy orgasm face, and then that post nut clarity <laughs> face where you're like what in the hell was I just watching? And you like quickly shut it. And you're like, oh my God, I cannot believe that that, that was turning me on. Like, what is wrong with me, right? And, and I think that there's this, like, I speak to a lot of heterosexual couples where there's a, just a lack of understanding with sex drive types, you know? Um, and the woman is kind of like, I don't know. I feel like I just don't have like a sex drive. I'm like, okay, unless there's a clinical diagnosis, which is actually very rare, you absolutely do. You just haven't been taught where to find the keys and how to use them to this drive that you supposedly don't have, right? And there's this societal shame of women aren't even supposed to be sexual, let alone have any fantasies. Like, right. I, I could not orgasm if I was not fantasizing. There's no way. There's mm -hmm. absolutely no way. Um, there, like I said, it just, I could be turned on for 55 hours and nothing's going to happen from there. Yes. <laughs> like, right. You know, it just, and I, I have said this in other episodes and we'll talk about hetero flexibility because that is like, comes right after this is my husband is, is rather attractive. And for some reason, um, gay men will always say, oh, he's daddy as fuck. Like that he's just, you know, he's pretty built. He's got tattoos. He's got a beard, a bald head. You know, if he was hairier, he'd be more like bear-ish, yeah, but yeah. he's not. I think it's great. I actually think it's like super flattering and awesome. And I would tell him, and he's also super awesome. And like, he's not, he's just like, awesome. That's, thank you, you know? And so I was like, trying to imagine these these men 
doing something to my husband, like just eat, you know, and I was like, actually, yeah, it's kind of hot. A lot of women get turned down by that. Oh, big time. And the second I flipped it, Joe, it was like, oh, no, like I can't see him doing anything to a guy. And I needed to process that because I didn't like that. I didn't like that I was uncomfortable with that, right? And so something that I'm huge on is I am like a professional belief challenger, including with myself, right? Because I just, 99% of the beliefs we have weren't even written by us. They're written by society, religion, bullshit things that happened before us. So I was like, I don't like that. I got to figure out why. And I did a lot of work, inner work. I spoke to specific people and an amazing guy that I met really just through social media and having him on my podcast, he's openly bisexual and doesn't fit any of the aesthetic stereotypes at all. And so that's why I wanted him on my podcast to kind of like smash the myths of gay men look like this, bi men look like this, right? And he said to me, well, I think the, your first problem is you've probably never seen a masculine blowjob before. Because I kept saying, I'm attracted to masculine energy. So that's probably why. And he goes, well, why did you remove masculine energy from the equation simply because your husband in, in the fantasy was doing something to, why is that feminine? What? And I was like, I have no idea, right? I need to, I need to fix this. Mm-hmm. And so he said, I think your first homework assignment is finding a masculine blowjob in porn. And I was like, all right, I'm on it. Let's do it. Dr. Joe, <laughs> there, there is no quicker way for me to get off than to watch bi or gay porn. Yeah. It's the hottest. Like, and honestly, there is no guyer thing <laughs> than seeing two guys or more, you know, depending on my mood, just be guys. <laughs> like, if I'm attracted to masculine energy and there's a bunch of masculine energy flying around in a circle, like, to me, it's just the hottest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And so it really taught me a lot. I actually learn a lot from porn. You know, people have their fair share of things to say about porn. And I understand, I understand all the different sides. But for me, and I've learned over time how to productively watch porn, it's been one of the best teachers for me and in unlearning stuff. Because what I realized, and you pro- growing up gay, you probably felt the same, is that the only way man-on-man sexual activity is portrayed is super, super feminine, like flamboyant, you know, and that just isn't the only way to express yourself. Just like for women, the only way to express ourselves isn't little frilly dresses and pigtails, Mm -hmm. right? So do you see, so you had agreed with me. So you've heard women be like, yes, gay porn is really hot. Well, I noticed it when Queer as Folk came out in the 90s, and I was teaching at a university, and I would talk about it, and women would be like, and I was like, how do you, I didn't know women were watching, straight women. And I'm like, are you watching Queer as Folk? And the class was like, are you kidding me? The scenes between the men, it was kind of pornish at the time, especially in the 90s, the kind of scenes, I don't know if you ever watched it. I Um, haven't, but it's going to be on my list now. (laughs) Oh, they were hot scenes to me, but they were hot to them too. So yeah, so then I, I have known forever that there are lots of women turned on. Uh, not necessarily by their husbands. Now, these are clinical samples in my office. So this is a threat to a lot of women to see this. Yeah. But if they didn't feel threatened, they might be turned down by it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And that's my whole stuff about straight men who have sex with men. My tagline on that is when straight men have one non-heterosexual thought, he's stigmatized. 
when straight women have one non-heterosexual thought, she's fetishized. And so both are problematic, but men don't have that kind of permission. Women do. Women have more opportunities to be fluid. Men do too, but they don't take the opportunities because of the stigma that's attached that there's something not right about me if I have these interests or even these fantasies. There have been studies that have been done, really good research that show, uh, in one study, they showed that 20% of straight men watched gay porn and were turned on, and 55% of gay men watched straight porn mm. and were turned on. Mm. So it's not our fantasy, our erotic orientation isn't always aligned with our sexual orientation. Yeah, big time. And and I think that a lot of it is probably because of that, you know, ass eating versus hamburger brain. I feel <clears> like <throat> we exist in reality in the hamburger brain. And then orgasm land, it's our ass eating brain. I think that's, you know, so right. a lot of times fantasizing about something that's, that's emulating how you actually live every day is like kind of boring, <laughs> boring, right. you know, but it was really interesting because I know that if I said to my husband, Hey, I want to, I really want to go down on a girl tonight. I just want to see what it's like, you know? I mean, he'd be shocked, but we're probably really happy, but shocked. But he wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, what does this mean about you? Right. Are you a lesbian? Right. You're a lesbian. Is that what you've been hiding it all the year? He wouldn't at all. And I would kind of go on a limb and say most men in straight right. relationships probably wouldn't. They don't. But, but the but other I, way around. Oh my do. gosh, it's so yeah. different. And I hated that I felt that way. And so I did the work. I continue to do the work because for me to have a... a not an expansive mindset. I don't feel like I could help people the way that I do. I I work with mixed orientation relationships on both on both sides, whether it's the guy or the girl. Like doesn't you know? And so I had to wrap my head around it and realize that I actually I think probably it's more women that have the hang up about guy on guy action with their actual you know partner versus yes. the guys. You know, my, my guy friends that have said, oh, I've, I've stumbled across by porn and I haven't turned it off. Like if it's male, male, female, they're yeah. like, you know, and these men are straight and married to women. And they're like, it's kind of hot, like, you know, and they don't ever question their masculinity because of it. But women question male, their male partner's masculinity, if they ever, you know, thought about that or but it's fair for us. Like that's, that's not fair and it's not cool. And it's not founded. It's not founded on any, well, you know, yeah. facts. and it's based on, right. It's based on patriarchy and sexism and, you know, homophobia. And it just, it's very sad, but it does exist. People see it. And when I, I think we talked last time on your podcast about the fact that I was on, I'm on TikTok and I'm very controversial on TikTok talking about straight men who have sex with men and people don't believe it. Because when people think of two men, they only think of anal sex. Mm. And so that's where their mind goes immediately. And then they say, well, that, that I would never do that one way or the other. Well, you might not, but there are thousands of other ways that men can be sexual with one another that never includes anal sex. And there's hundreds of reasons why. And I go through each one in my book. I go through each one in, my, in the podcast, but it doesn't matter. I have started to realize no matter how many times I explain it, there will be people that just can't hear it because they don't believe it. They, right. they believe what they believe. And no matter how much experience I have, no matter how many men I've, I've worked with. And I don't know that I believed it early on. I didn't mm -hmm. understand because the men I would work with, I thought were closeted. A lot of straight, a lot of gay men think I'm keeping uh, gay men who are really, who are self-identified as straight, but um, identifying as, uh, but are really gay in the closet. And 
that's not true. That is a, a, a certain personality. That is a certain man. But then there are really straight men who have sex with men, just like there are really lesbians who have sex with men, mm-hmm. just like there are really gay men who have sex with women. These people exist. Yes. Straight women have sex with women too. Mm-hmm. And I actually just got a uh, Instagram question about that. One of the last things you just said, there is a woman who messaged me and said, is it even possible for a gay man to want to have sex with me? Because he asked me and he said, although he's gay, he finds me very sexually attractive and wants to have sex with me. And she was like, I'm kind of confused. Is that even a thing? Is he really gay if he wants to have sex with me? And um, you had bought up a term homo flexible last time we recorded. Can you tell, can you talk a little bit about that and, and the difference between like hetero flexibility and homo flexibility? Yeah. Cause it's fascinating. Right. So all it is is, um, Heteroflexibility is that you are heterosexually identified and you're mostly straight, if not only straight even, but every once in a while, someone can come around of the same sex and you're able to be sexual with that person because of the context, because of their personality, because of the situation, because of where you're both at, because of the chemistry. It could also be true that you're homoflexible, that you're only attracted to the same sex, but every once in a while, somebody of, the, of another gender comes around and you're able to be sexual with that person, context again, situation, it's random. And um, people want to argue that it's bisexual. And it might be for some people, but bisexual is, I'm attracted to both genders in different ways in general, mm-hmm. um, where, where heteroflexibility is more fluidity, which is it's random. It's not, I'm not walking to a mall or on a beach and in general attracted to these two genders uh, or more genders. It's certain people at certain times in certain places and people cannot wrap their head around that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm, and I, I'm trying to imagine why people are threatened by that idea. Why, what is it if they're so sure that, cause I I've seen some of the, the comments that you've posted, you know, that you've shared that other people have commented on some of your videos, why that visceral reaction to, to, if it doesn't have anything to do with them, why does it even matter? What is their, res- their response is so heavy. And what's well, really, it is, I know I've tried to uh, understand that from different pl- positions. What I think is more commu- confusing to me is that the LGBTQ community is so against it. Here mm-hmm. we are bringing in, we're now called the alphabet mafia. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> right, we're the alphabet, right. So we're like, we bring in all the alphabets, but straight men, nope, sorry, you're out. Nope, nope, nope. And the arguments are, he shouldn't be, he, not she, he shouldn't be able to hang on to his heterosexual identity. He doesn't, shouldn't get, gain access to our sex lives without having the, the trauma that we've all gone through. I mean, it's very political. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, uh, it's, 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 it's trying to put an academic understanding on something that's just organic and, and, and happens to people. It just does. And, um, so anyways, and I think a lot of people just feel that um, it's not possible. And I don't know why it's, it is okay and possible for women and they get a pass. They can be, you know, you've heard of lugs, lesbian until graduation in no. college. So yeah, I have lesbian experiences all throughout college. Uh, that was college. If a man said, I sucked a few dicks in college, <laughs> I think the whole room would stop breathing and look at him like, and the wife or girlfriend would be like, what, you know? And it's just so unfortunate because, and, the, and here's what the, the most unfortunate thing is. To me, this is the biggest issue. 
men aren't going to talk. You read my comments, you go to my TikToks, you, you see the way the world is, men. That's why people don't think it happens because mm-hmm. these men are quiet. They're never yep. going to show up. Yep. And that, and that sucks. You know, I think in our, in our society, we always see women as the sexually oppressed and we, I, we are okay. But so are men, all genders, all human beings are oppressed in their own way. Right. Yes. Women were not supposed to like sex, talk sex, think sex, right. Until we get into a relationship and then, and then we get shit on because our sex drive isn't high enough. I'm like, we just spend right. our entire lives being shamed into not being sexual. And now all of a sudden right. we're supposed to be sexual. Um, men, they cannot explore their orientation at all. Right. They cannot explore their pleasure at all. So at rimming or pegging or, or anything around the ass. Oh my God. Wait, I just learned on TikTok, I learned this. Oh no, maybe I didn't. I learned it, I had a client like this and then on TikTok. Men feel like experiencing nipple play of their own nipples is gay. Mm. I'm like, oh my God. So yeah, so there's so much restrictions because of how we raise boys. We raise boys to reject everything that's feminine. Mm -hmm. Nipples are seen as feminine, right? You're not supposed to experience pleasure anally. So I have a tagline. A lot of the guys that come and see me enjoy anal sex and they've been to therapists or coaches or religious people or whatever who say you must be gay if you're enjoying anal sex. And my tagline to that is your anus doesn't have a sexual orientation. It doesn't know whether it's gay, straight or bi. It's an anus. And and many gay men, including me, Uh never have had anal sex. I I don't want to get it. I don't want to give it. I've never done it. It doesn't appeal to me. Nothing's wrong with me. I've had gay men say to me and other men uh, have said, they've said it to other men like me, say, you probably haven't met the right guy. Like you would say to a lesbian, right? That used to be what people said to lesbians. So there are gay men that are tops. They insert during anal sex. There are bottoms. They receive. And then I created the term sides. We have 4,500 men in a Facebook group um, called Side Guys on Facebook of men. In the, and that's been in one year. We, co- we accumulated 4,500 guys of gay men that said, I finally found a term. I, and I started talking and writing about this in 2013. So it's been almost 10 years, eight years that I've been, but people can't wrap around that either. What do you mean? Because everybody thinks that sex is penetration, PIB or PIA. (laughs) It's ridiculous. ridiculous. (laughs) And anything else is not sex or it all leads up to sex. And sorry, not true. Yeah. 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 I feel like gay men, you know, sides and heterosexual women probably have the same complaint. Like it really isn't all about penetration. (laughs) Right. Right. And um, and and to to make it even like to challenge it even more, it actually makes more sense anatomically for cisgender men to receive anal sex than straight women to you know because because of the prostate right like right yeah for me like I wish I had a prostate maybe I'd like it even more right 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 you know so why is it okay? You know, and I think a lot of that, again, comes from just women are just supposed to be like a receptacle. Like we have right. holes and right. that's all we're good for, right? But right. Um, but it actually makes more sense for a guy who has a prostate to want anal sex. That to yeah. me makes more sense. Why the yeah. hell do I want it? Like, wh- I mean, yes, it can feel good. There's the, the A spot, whatever, all this other stuff. But just let's right. black and white here. It makes more sense for a guy, in my opinion, to want 
anal sex than it does yeah. for women. Yes, yes. But right. that's that's not allowed either. Although well, it, anal sex is yeah seems to be like um almost like this, I don't say this upcoming like fad, but I feel like more straight men are becoming a little more open about their enjoyment of any kind of anal play. I feel like a lot of them are doing so because women are more open to it. Mm. Women haven't been. So clinically, I usually see women who are disgusted by it. But then Justin Laymiller's book came out and his study came out. I think it was like 60% of the women in his study enjoyed pegging. And, and once a man learns that she's open to that, he needs her permission because otherwise he just feels um, ashamed and he's worried he's going to lose her because she's going to think he's gay. Yeah, yeah. And and I feel like that's probably the case for most heterosexual relationships in terms of men being able to explore their sexuality. It's it's pretty much 100% dependent on their female partner, quote unquote, allowing or giving him permission to explore without the fear of being like, oh, you're gay. You have to be gay. Yeah, yeah right. Right. But why don't people say, oh, you like when your husband goes down on you, Nina? You know, lesbians do that. You must be a lesbian. Yeah, right. It sounds ridiculous. Right, it does. I know. But yet, now the other way now, around. What I also noticed in my office, I just said this to a client the other day. Women come into my office. I see women and men. Uh, uh, I see mostly straight people. In fact, people don't know that because I'm gay and all my, my writings are gay. And they're like, uh, they'll call my office. Do you see straight people? <laughs> and I feel like that kid in the sixth sense. I see straight people. Remember? Because you know? I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, I oh see my God. people. I don't even go here from some gay planet and filterate yours and then learn your habitat. I've been here all along. And for whatever reason, mostly straight people. I'm not, I'm not very popular in the LGBT community. I'm more popular in the straight community, translating LGBT. So whatever. The women will come in and they'll, they'll wonder, am I gay, straight, or bi? You know, I, I'm having these feelings. And in the end, if they're like, hey, we, we can't figure it out. They're like, well, then I'm probably just fluid. Not men. Men have to know, am I gay? Am I straight? Or am I bi? If they're just fluid, they're not satisfied. They mm -hmm. can't just be fluid because there's no permission. I mean, there's permission to be gay now. There's permission yeah. to be gay. And there's becoming more permission to be bi. Not a lot, but it's better. But to be fluid and not know, then the default is going to be that you're gay. And then they're always against that stigma. That's mm -hmm. the problem. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just know that a lot of men, by the way, that are heteroflexible uh, have also been sexually abused. So I, in my the book, Is My Husband Gay, Straight or Bi? I devote two chapters to sexual abuse because it's so much of what I see in my office where the guy, uh, and people worry about this. I have another tagline with this. Sexual abuse cannot, it will disorient you. It will not orient you. Sexual abuse and sexual trauma can't make you gay, straight or bi. It can confuse you. It can imprint upon you. It can cause behavior change. Um, and so what happens to straight men who have, who have sex with men who have been sexually abused? They're returning to the scene of the sexual crime. Mm -hmm. And so that's really, it's not a sexual urge necessarily. It's a trauma urge. Mm -hmm. Those are two different things. And people don't understand that. Yes, they're having sex with other men. And yes, they may be enjoying it to some degree, but it's really more a phys physical thing, these straight men that have been sexually abused or even just men that do it for anal sex or do it for kink and fetish, they're not turned down by the guy. They're turned down by the act. The act itself is what's turned on and people cannot handle that. Well, they have to get turned down somehow. This is what they say on TikTok all the time. Yes, they're getting turned on by the act or the power exchange or whatever's going on between the two guys, mm -hmm. not the guy himself. 
the gay guy and the bi guys are like, yeah, I'm doing this. And there's a hot guy. The straight guy's like, I'm doing this. Right? And there's a guy. Right. That is so true. I had um, on more than one occasion, like more than more than one straight man say that in a, in a straight marriage for a very long time, got divorced and really wanted a blowjob. Like it wasn't something that his wife really ever did often. And he was kind of like, I really could go for a blowjob. And he, he went on grinder. He was like, I just, you know, and he was, he was open about it. He's like, Hey, like I, this is what I'm looking for. And another guy was, I'm sure multiple guys were like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, me and I literally met him in the park. I got a blowjob. I was like, thanks man. And he's like, yeah, no worries. <laughs> and that was it. That was, right. that was it. I think men, uh, I think a lot of times it's like this easier for them to be transactional. I, I'm not saying that women can't be, of course, there are plenty of women that can be, but I think when it comes to hetero flexibility, it's sometimes, and he's not the only straight guy that has told me that like, Oh yeah, yeah I went sure. to a, you know, a male sex worker. I was just like, I, I just didn't want the emotions attached. I want, I just, you know, I didn't want, you know, to Absolutely. Yeah. worry if she was going to ask me, you know, are we dating now that we had sex? He's like, I really just wanted to get off and go home. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Know? I totally get that. Yes. So that's happened too. I've heard that. I've heard straight men only get turned on by the idea of being with another man sexually with their wives. Like just the that threesome specifically with their yes. wife and another man. And then it, there can be some, you know, cross sexual act going on that yes. was just very hot for them. The idea like the two of them are sharing a man. And I think it's a combination of, it's almost like half, hot wife fantasy half you know by fantasy <laughs> like there's right mine. and and cuckolding is another part yes. it's a very very popular yeah, yeah so it's an opportunity to engage as long as the woman's there then it's kind of heterosexual right um but once the woman leaves the two men are not turned on see people don't understand that they think well no if the two men are doing it they're gay or bi but what if the woman's not there and they're not turned on you know, well, well, they that then people argue about um, compulsory heterosexuality. So that's another argument that well, men aren't turned on because they're um, they're they're uh, in a they're in a place of compulsory heterosexuality. In other words, that they can't think outside the box. That, that's why they're 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 limited. It's not true. Can that be true? Sure, that can be true. But that's not the case here. The men are not turned on by the other man. Yeah. Yeah. And in the guys that I've spoken to about that, they have zero interest in dating men. Like on an emotional level, they have zero interest. They have zero interest in, right. you know, in this steady, you know, relationships. It's literally a sexual transaction that feels good. And the taboo is really hot. And, you know, I just, it makes sense to me. It does. Yeah. You know, and I'm still trying to to unlearn a lot of the stuff and it still makes sense to me. And I just feel sad that there's a lot of men that will never, ever live authentically in terms of their sexual pleasure, mentally or physically, because they're just not allowed to. Well, they will. They just won't do it openly. I tell women this all the time. There are a lot of men you're involved with that are doing this. You will never know unless you discover it through their history on a platform or some kind of, you know, internet situation because they're too scared to tell because they don't want to lose her. And then yeah. people get angry with him because they say, well, you know, why wouldn't you have told me? And there's too much research that show that many women, it's changing. Younger women are different, but maybe 40 and up think that her husband is gay. That's why we named my book, Is My Husband Gay Straight or Bi? Because that's one of the top searches on the internet. 
Mm. You know that you said that um, some of the men that I've spoken to are are married to women or in a relationship with women, and they do not know that the and guy. And they will never know, right? And that breaks my heart too, because I feel like the more they have to keep it in secret, the further the point is driven home that it's bad, it's wrong, it's you know. Um, I'm not saying it's an easy conversation. Like I don't want to belittle that either. I, I'm sure that if I was in that situation, it, it would be a difficult conversation, but it would be way harder for me personally to wrap my head around knowing that my partner has an entire other life that they are so secretive about, that would hurt more, mm-hmm. 10 times more actually. Yes. You know, neither conversation would be quote unquote easy, but one would have the added pain of just betrayal i don't again this is just personal personal opinion i don't think i would feel betrayed if my partner was like hey i'm curious about men to me that's just like wow you're so comfortable with me that that you i mean it's almost like flattering like holy shit like that's huge as a man especially to admit that i wouldn't feel betrayed i would have again more on learning to do and we would have to have really deep conversations if he had a whole other secret sex life with men that's a whole that's to me that would probably be a deal breaker not well, because, and be, not because it's with right. a man but because it was right. a secret <laughs> well well let let me go even further it's an agreement that he's breaking with you mm-hmm. and like when couples come and see me and they say that uh they're open or they're uh non-monogamous or they're consensual non-monogamous or they're polyamorous even if they say they're monogamous i ask them have they negotiated their monogamy because people don't have explicit agreements around this, right? Mm-hmm. So, but you kind of understand that if you're married to me, um, you're hopefully not going to have sex with other people unless you tell me. But if you don't have the, and so a lot of the straight guys that have sex with men, and this was confirmed, I felt so good about this. There's a book called Still Gay. Tony Stryker, I think is his name. I think that's his last name. I hope I got it right. He wrote this book. He did all this research. He's a, pro- a professor. And he, did, he talked about white men living in rural areas. And they, he found what I have found about men all over the world. Straight men who have sex with men don't see it as cheating. They mm-hmm. say to me, I, I don't even elicit this. They just say to me, I didn't think it was cheating because it wasn't a woman. Mm-hmm. So in his mind, and then once he's caught, of course it is. It's a broken agreement. Maybe it's not an explicit agreement, but it's still an agreement that I thought you were. Had, so it makes sense you're saying that. Yeah, but no, that that yeah, that's interesting. Uh, but it, again, it makes sense. And and you know, a, a friend of mine, we were talking about something similar to this, and I we were talking about would you, if your husband was with another guy, would you be jealous? And I had never been asked that question before, so I actually had to think about. It, and I was like, you know what? It wouldn't be jealousy uh, with another woman. Yeah. Right. But with a man, I think I'm so aware of the fact that I, it's like comparing apples and oranges. Like I can't give you what a, what a man can. Yes, I could buy, I could buy a dick. Okay. But my actual energy, like my being will, will never be masculine. There's nothing I can do about that. Right. Right. And so it wasn't a jealousy thing. It was more like, I wonder if, that connection that I cannot give him is stronger than the connection that I can give him. Yeah, and yeah. I think that was what I was thinking. Jealousy? No, it's kind of like the game's already over. Like I, there's nothing to be jealous about. I'm I'm not a guy. But there was this different level of 
like almost like sadness or, or, or fear. Like what if, cause I'm not worried. Does she have a better body than me? Like it's a guy I will never be able to compare. Right. Or, or does, you know, I mean, my assumption is guys probably do give better blowjobs, <laughs> but, um, but I feel like that competition I would feel with a woman is not there. It's more just like, oh man, I wonder if what he's getting that connection, that energy, that power, I, I can't ever get. Like, if I see two guys have sex in porn, the the power, the um, and I don't watch scripted porn. I only I only type in homemade. I don't do scripted porn. It's so lame to me. Um, yeah. The power, like the 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 just the raw animalistic awesomeness between two men is something that I I don't think I could ever give a guy. Yeah. And so part of me is like, shit, what if, what if that is more appealing than like me? <laughs> well, and so that's where women go. And so this is a big thing for women, right? So they see it, they watch, he may, they may find his porn and maybe it's not about men. It could just be, you know, what, finding some other fantasy that she's not included in, right? And then she's like, then she starts comparing and competing rather than gay male couples don't do this. Neither do lesbian couples. I mean, you're going to find some that do, but for the right. most part, it's like, oh, you, you want to go do that? And I'm not really into that. Or you can't get that from me. Then it's okay. Go do it over there. As long as you come back to me, it's very European, right? In yeah. Europe, it's like that with couples. Oh, you had an affair. Are you done? Can you, are you back to the family? Are we, and with gay yeah. male couples, it's really understood that I'm not going to be the only dick you suck. I'm not going to be the only ass you fuck. If you want to have it in different ways with different people, it's all good. We, we're going to talk about it. And then you come back to me. Really? So that's that's yeah. a common thing in gay and lesbian relationships. Well, in gay male couples, for sure, 50% have open relationships and are nonchalant about the kinds of sexual contact they're having with other people because they know that it's all been play. It's all erotic play. That's all it is. And I think that's where the difference between, again, these are general statements. I'm clearly aware that not, there's no all yeah. or nothing, but no. with guys that transactional, there can be erotic or sexual transactions and that's where it stays. And I have seen that a lot with, with gay couples, like, um, they're like, even on Instagram, like all these reels about, you know, finding a third monogamy is a choice. There's, there's nothing right. quote unquote, biologically natural about monogamy, sexual monogamy. Right. And I feel like maybe men can wrap their heads around that, you know, like yes. I can have sex with a bunch of men or a bunch of women and it, that's what it is where yes, absolutely. For, for me, it's like more of an emotional connection, you know? Yes. Right. And it is true. And, and, and that has to be negotiated too. And gay men have been negotiating these kind of open relationships since the beginning of gay time. That's right. what I always say. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's probably maybe why I like, there's definitely a part of me that envies gay men as probably why I'm so attracted to them as people is that there's a part of me that wishes I could get away with a lot of the um, sexual authenticity that they have once they're out and comfortable with that. I'm assuming well, that. Let me, yeah. I want to just tell you, I've met you twice now and we had one phone conversation uh, at one point. You, you're kind of a gay man. So I'm going to anoint you a gay man already <laughs> <laughs> because you're so open. Yes. You are so. Oh just my god! Take this honorary is, moment. <laughs> that is. This is like a really big moment. This is big because I've said it's before. True. I feel like I feel like I'm a gay man with a vagina. You are. You are. I really. I love men the way gay men love men. Yes. I am sexually, at least mentally, sexually as open as most of the gay men that I've met, and I really do wish I could 
think about sex the way that gay men think yeah. about sex and just yeah. like just do it for the pleasure and not give a fuck about anything else. I just, right. again, I'm sure there are plenty of gay men that are just like me as a woman with their emotional and physical connection. I get it. But you just said 50% are non-monogamous. So like, I'm, right. I'm not making this shit up. Um, no. But I'm just like, oh, that's like, yeah. I, I find that I can relate to gay male sexuality more than any other gender or orientation. Yeah, right, right. The openness. And research shows that gay men have more sexual encounters than straight women, straight men, and lesbians. And because we can. And as men, we're comfortable doing that. We don't have to worry about reproductive consequences. We don't have to worry about violence. We don't have to worry about being slut-shamed. So mm -hmm. we have a lot in favor of that. It may yeah. be biological too. I don't know. But it's yeah. the truth. But that makes so much... Now I feel like I... I feel like I've been like exonerated. Like I understand now that I just am a gay, I'm just a gay dude with a vagina. Yes. Yes. That, I mean, it makes sense. It does. It makes sense. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. Dr. Joe, I could talk to you forever and ever and ever. Tell us where to find you. Tell us where to find you. Uh -huh. So you can find me on, um, I'm on every platform, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. And my handle is at Dr. Joe Court, D-R-J-O-E-K-O-R-T. And then my website is joecourt.com. And then you've, you've written several books, four books, three or four books? I've written four books. Yeah. Well, actually six. I have two little booklets I, they're on erotic orientation. Um, but the, uh, the first three for, were for gay men and gay couples and then uh, um, for therapists uh, and then for straight men who have sex with men. And um, I also have a podcast like you do. And I, I'm on my third season and we've had over 150 episodes already. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Awesome. So I will, and I will put all, all of this in the description as well, because I want people to find you, especially men. I want every straight man in the world to find you, every gay man in the world, to find you, every bi man in the world to find you. Um, and thank you again so much for doing a, doing a take two on this podcast. I'm so excited for this one um, to share it with everyone. So thank you so, so, so much, Dr. Joe. And I really feel like now I'm going to identify in the world as a gay man, because I am. That's just, that's just it. I experienced you that way. So right. do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Joe. We'll talk soon. All right. See you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.